0: Welcome back to Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, today on the podcast, David Morrison and I are continuing our Pathways to Presence uh, mini series, or I guess it's not a mini series anymore; it's a, a continuing series. Um, we're jumping into a new book, Open Mind, Open Heart, by Thomas Keating, and today on the um, we look at the introduction and dimension of contemplative prayer. Uh, the entire book is uh, sort of the how-to of Centering Prayer, and we will be uh, diving into a new chapter each month. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. Uh, he does all the editing and sound engineering for our podcast. Thank you to Jacob Nedia. He does, or he um, is with Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Theruined.com is a place to go if you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community. DRCRpod.com is the place to go to hear other episodes. Um, You can explore our Pathways to Present series from last year. Uh, We did one a month um, and our guide last year was Celebration of Discipline. Dreamwalkerway.com is a place to go to get David's book of uh, haiku. Um, Please continue supporting us with that. We appreciate everyone going out and um, getting their copy and lastly please tell a friend if you like what you hear social media and word of mouth really helps us out we appreciate you and let's get into it welcome to desert rain community radio david morrison
1: it is i or is
0: it? Or is it? Happy Thursday! I think so. Yeah, we don't usually record on Thursdays. Um, how are you today?
1: I'm all right. I feel very Thursday-ish.
0: I feel very happy. The wind's not blowing.
1: Yeah, that's not. It's a beautiful day. It's it it's crisp and cold, but it's sunny at least.
0: And still better. Blue Yesterday sky. was.
1: Yeah, gray
0: sky, I can't do that. That wind was cutting through. Um, So for those that have listened regularly, you're familiar, uh, 2022, we did Pathways to Presence, and we used... um, It's
1: like a subreddit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, Richard Foster... And I messed this up, so correct me. Celebration of Discipline?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Singular? I, I screwed
1: um, up on the title of the book we're doing now. I corrected you and I was wrong. <laughs> it's Open Mind, Open Heart. I told you it was Open Heart, Open Mind or something like
0: that. On what? Did we talk the, about I on think the, the last? last podcast oh, okay. or...
1: Or no, I think maybe it might have been just in a conversation. Actually, yeah, I don't. So I just told them myself publicly on record. So
0: So we don't. So we don't. We actually aren't familiar with these books we're using. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Um, Open mind, open heart by Thomas Keating. So we did celebration of discipline last year as a map. We did it. um, There was twelve disciplines. We did one a month. Uh, This year we're going to use the the book I just mentioned. And now I'm in my head about it. Open mind, open heart, by Thomas Keating. Yeah,
1: the contemplative dimension of the gospel. I think
0: there. Well, in the audio book, there's 12 chapters. I thought in yours there was 14. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. Anyways, so we're shifting to this book for 2023, and we're going to follow the same posting pattern. The last Tuesday of the of the month will be the the pathways to presence, um, episodes. And, um, so yeah, so those that are new, that's sort of the breakdown. Those that have listened in a while, you were just, uh, we're keeping the same, same format, just uh, shifting books for the new year, new year, new me. Am I right? Uh, I think
1: I just <laughs> threw up a little bit in my mouth.
0: <laughs> well, if you, if you did it outwardly, you wouldn't notice with how dirty the studio is. Um, we share not, it with not, a band. <laughs> not that this, not that this is a, really a studio. It's a, it's a chapel. But that a rock band, you, alternative caused, rock
1: band uses.
0: It cosplays as a studio, Yeah. A, uh, well, no, yeah, a studio. Anyways, um, I'm tired, so this might, <laughs> I might be all over the place Rambling today. What's on here? <laughs> uh, so I guess, I guess the place that I would be interested in starting. Um, It's two things. One, well, let's just, yeah, we'll just start with the first thing. Who is Thomas Keating and why? Who is Thomas Keating? (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Thomas Keating was a monk of the Trappist order, also known as Cistercian. It's a very austere, uh, I guess, uh, brotherhood of monks. Uh, They practice their, their focus is contemplation and solitude and silence. I remember he casually mentioned one time in a talk uh, Uh, that he went something like three years without speaking to another human being. Nice. (laughs) And you know, and that sounds amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And he just said it like, (laughs) yeah, I once went three years without speaking (laughs) to another human being. Uh, And, he died a few years ago at the age of 95. So he lived a very long yeah. time. He was very tall too. He's uh, a big fucker, ain't he? Yeah. I remember seeing him at a conference with Richard Rohr and I was like, wow, dude's tall, <laughs> you know, cause you usually don't see tall. tall. Yeah, you know, it's the short well, man. me being five, four. It's the short man's revenge. You know, you, you only see old short people, you know, you never see tall old people. They're all die young. Uh, Uh, and so that's what they get for making fun of us short people all the time even writing songs about us in the 70s short people um so yeah so in he he was influenced by vatican ii which was a 1960 Mm. convocation of cardinals and the pope to revamp right uh it was called catholicism wow no, wow! I'm just w- oh, that no. was from dogma, <laughs> or was it now the Buddy Jesus? When they oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was, yeah. Jesus.
0: yeah.
1: Now, <laughs> and I so think. Pope John the twenty third um, was a renewal pope. He didn't live very long, but he was he called for a new Pentecost for the Catholic Church. Mm. He called for a new uh, a, a renewal of spirituality of contemplation, and so Keating took that up. Uh, with some other friends basil pennington was another uh, and they in and in, by the 80s had established a ministry called contemplative outreach which is mm. still still around still a thing still doing its thing and he developed uh because the thing about his his almost contemporary or elder if you will thomas merton mm-hmm. and all of his books on contemplation and justice and all that he never gave a by design never gave a formula how mm-hmm. do you do contemplative prayer right and so keating actually developed mm-hmm. uh a, a formula if you will so for the for those of us who are uh who need formulas yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i, Which, I, need well, I was it. gonna
0: say that's probably most people
1: yeah and so i discovered his stuff by accident i needed content for our website uh Back 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I, I decided to do reflections on uh, the gospel reading mm. each week. Right, and at the time, his stuff was av- all of his books were available online at one point.
0: Oh, I don't know if that was
1: legal or not, but I posted it, reposted yeah. him. It was, I think, it was on their website. And then they revamped it and right. cleaned it up a little of bit. Of
0: course, <laughs> once they realized yeah. they could get money, well, not just them, everybody. Yeah, once people realized they could.
1: And so I started just posting a chapter. I'd find a topic that related to it and mm-hmm. would post it as a as a meditation, you know. And, uh, and so that's kind of how I fell into it. And then,
0: and, and why was it important to you?
1: Because it spoke very, it resonated very deeply with me. Mm-hmm. A contemplative dimension of the gospel, um, and we needed. I think we covered this on a podcast. So we were we were doing fixed hour prayer. But living in community is is difficult, even on a good day. And we, uh, you know, and and so there was passive-aggressive prayers being said. And so we needed something. We didn't know what we needed at the time, but centering prayer.
0: A healing. Yeah,
1: healed us as a community that summer. It was 2007. I went to a Mm. conference with some other, with Marsha and some others. Uh, I think Jacob was with us at the time. And the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, Richard Rohr, uh, and Thomas Keating did a conference on the eleventh step of the twelve steps. Mm-hmm. So, which is to practice a spirituality.
0: Yeah, for those that don't know, it's uh, practice uh, prayer and meditation. Yeah,
1: so so that was so that was yeah that was our introduction. So we started practicing that three times a day, twenty minutes as a community. Um, and that, and that's basically what centering prayer is. It's a 20 minutes sitting in silence. Uh, you, you usually take a, what Keating calls a sacred word, which, which comes from a medieval text called the cloud of unknowing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just use that word as a focal point. So when your mind starts to wander, which it will, uh, people think if their mind wanders during prayer or during silence that. They're doing it wrong. No, that's exactly yeah, that's right. How, that, that's that's exactly it, that's what's supposed goes. to happen. Yeah, and so you just simply return to that that mm-hmm. sacred word. Um, I I people tend to to over mystify the sacred word, mm-hmm. and so then you, so then that defeats the purpose of centering prayer because now you're thinking about the word itself. The word is just supposed to be like speaking in tongues. Well, he even said ways. it
0: doesn't necessarily have to be the word. He he a word he mentions. Um, using the the breath. Yeah, as, you could do as, um, How does he say? He articulates it so nicely as recognition of the Holy Spirit or something like that. I'm, yeah. I'm butchering it, but but that that for me using a word is just like, like I, I your can't brain, get there. Your brain will go off on rabbit trails. Yeah, and, and so yeah. just using my breath because I'm breathing anyways. Yeah. It, it, I can't not breathe. Um, so using that has always been my go-to in meditation, but that idea of using it as a recognition of the Holy spirit, um, is something I'd never thought about before. Cause the way I, (laughs) it sounds silly, but the way I spiritualized it was going back to Genesis and, and looking at it as the breath of God being breathed into Adam, um, which I'll still use just because it's. But also pairing it with that acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit um was a new was it a new and unique twist on it that I, I had never really
1: thought about or come across. Yeah, I just choose the word shoes because mm. it's so generic and mm-hmm. You know your brain's like, Unless I need some shoes, and then yeah, then it was not going like, oh, go, to work. Do you like? I'll go. I'll go on REI. I need to go on REI to <laughs> see if they have any sales go,
0: going what's on. What's the discount? Got to get some Salomon
1: shoes. Um,
0: so one thing I, I do want to back up before we proceed on it, I don't think I said it explicitly. So this book, "Open Mind, Open Heart," is specifically the formula you're talking about around centering prayer that's that's, yeah, that's the, its the, main
1: point the the organ- the contemplative outreach considers that as one of the primary uh readers if you will mm-hmm. to initiate someone in that prayer style um and so yeah yeah it's 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 a very uh central book in that sense yeah
0: um and just just for the sort of my mind or the timeline situation you encountered Keating prior to going to the conference with him and Richard Rohr like you had already been reading his stuff and were familiar Yeah, for a few years, right. yeah.
1: Not not more than 10, but right, probably 3 or 4 years, yeah, for sure. Reading weekly.
0: Right. And so I guess um before we get into the book I I um or what the book lays out, I, I would be interested in hearing like since that initial coming across his stuff for, you know, to, to put on the website and going to the conference sort of how, how is, um, so we, is, it'll be, it's a weird way of like, how, how has your relationship with Thomas Keating evolved? And we've talked about on the website or on the podcast, but just this idea of having a uh, spiritual teachers, spiritual right, mentors yeah. that maybe we don't interact with face to face every uh, day right. or ever or stuff like that but have influenced our spiritual life yeah. so um for the you know for those listening we we do talk about some of these people or or ideas that we we never get to encounter them in the physical form but they they have a profound um uh, influence on our spiritual life and our life in general so anyways um that little caveat but for you, um, how has that evolved? Um, whether it's things you've read by Keating, or you know, just your um, centering prayer in general, or
1: yeah, I I would say it's it's a it'd be an understatement to say that the practice of centering prayer for the last twenty years has it altered my life in profound ways, and and I would say yeah, Thomas Keating and Richard Rohr and Cynthia Bourgeau and James Finley have probably been the most influential people Mm -hmm. as far as my spiritual development in the last 20 years. Um, I don't know if I've left anyone out. My mom.
0: (laughs) Thanks mom. Um, So yeah, so I guess just to, to transition right into the actual uh, formula or process of centering prayer and um, the, the how would you, ex, you know, sort of the elevator pitch version of it? How would you explain to someone that maybe they're familiar with prayer, or familiar with meditation in general? And yeah, just sort of what, what, what would you know? You already mentioned the 20 minutes, so like, yeah, you know, what what do I do during these 20 minutes, Mr. Morrison?
1: Yeah, nothing. You just, uh, <laughs> the, the language that Thomas Keating uses that I, feel comfortable with as well is you're simply giving consent to the presence of God. And so that's, that's what you're simply doing in a Pentecostal or charismatic context. You would be still so that you could hear from God and, and then communicate that message to the group or to the mm. world. And so there's this, so it's a different posture. It's a more, mm. more passive. Um, so, so when you're sitting in, in, you know, centering prayer, which is the same thing as silent prayer or quiet time, however you want, abiding prayer, whatever you want to call it. You're not trying to get anything from God. That's not exploitive in that sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and you're not trying to get God to do something in you either. You're just simply, uh, like the Psalm 131, uh, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a newborn baby on his mother's breast. Uh, so there's 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 a a sense of 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 uh, stillness and and pass in a you know a passive kind of thing. Uh, it's non-exploitive. It's non-utilitarian. And so your calculating mind will say, "I'm wasting my time." Right. You know, uh, I think Greg yeah. mentioned that. He, he said that's his mantra when he does that prayer. This is not a waste of my time. This <laughs> is not a waste of my time. This is not a waste because your calculating mind, right? Your consumer-oriented uh values uh will will say this is a waste of time. Mm. Which that's how you know exact that's how you know it's working. <laughs> and so if your ego hates it. Yep. So uh well
0: and I think too one of the things he mentioned is um the spirit of God connecting with your spirit. Yeah. With no interse- inter- intercessory um, needed. So no, you're not putting an output of prayer no. to make that happen. Right. You're not putting some kind of work into X, Y, and Z. It's just, yeah. like you're saying, that consent of the, the the Holy Spirit, if you will, speaking to the spirit within me. Yeah. And, may, and maybe not, right? Like it just like yeah. making it available.
1: Hopefully beyond words, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. So in the Catholic tradition, they would probably say the Catholic mystical tradition would say you, you, you perform your, your ritual prayers, your recited prayers, the Hail Mary, the, our father, the rosary, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then the gift of contemplative prayer will come to you Mm -hmm. or it might not, but it, Mm -hmm. it might come to you. Charismatic Pentecostal tradition would be, uh, you're resting in the spirit, um, this is a, a practice they do. Uh, I've seen it. Uh, Keating mentions it in that first chapter. He saw a, a guy being prayed for and he fell back and hit his head against a pew and <laughs> bounced back up and was completely okay. And I swear I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> that, that's the Pentecostal. Right. I swear I, I saw there. it. I was there. Uh, but, but yeah, and I've experienced, I've crumpled down onto the floor uh, mm-hmm. with, with no one pushing me down and, and you just, yeah, they call it resting in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more evangelical Baptists would accept; they wouldn't accept that phenomenon. Uh, the they fun, would,
0: you're talking about the physical, resting in the spirit.
1: Yeah, yeah they, they're very much against that kind of. Mm-hmm. So, but they would accept something called quiet prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, your quiet time with Jesus. You know, He gets
0: us. Your coffee and your Jesus.
1: <laughs> and so they would accept something like that, and. So it kind of comes together in every tradition is what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, and that was one of the, it might've been in the introduction. So I might be kind of taking us a step back, but that was one of the interesting things uh, that I thought that was mentioned is he was talking about Christian spirituality Mm -hmm. and more or less the lack of, of Christian spirituality and, made this reference and it was almost, it felt like almost a throwaway line to a bigger point. But if the, if, the, if spirituality within Christianity was uh, cultivated better, yeah, people wouldn't have to go look to other religions for spiritual experiences, which, yeah. which I, 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 I've kind of intuitively known that. And I think you and I have talked about it and, and, probably in today's age and range, it's, it's getting better. It seems like Christianity is a little bit more opened up to, um, at least, at least there's fringe Christianities that are open up to this, you know, maybe not mainstream, but, um, there is a resurgence of looking, you know, sort of that spiritual.
1: Yeah. Anything goes.
0: Yeah. and, And it's, and we've talked, we've definitely talked about this on the podcast, but, you know, through prayer and meditation and, um, Obviously, my sobriety, but then prayer and meditation and other forms is is actually what brought me back to Christianity, you know, slash my Catholic roots that I grew up in. Um, And I feel at home here now. Um, So to me, I forget because I have had those spiritual experiences in the Christian context. I forget that it's the popular one, the popularity of it. Not that it should be popular, but the widespread knowledge of it isn't there and that, Right. Part of my spiritual awakening happened before coming back to Christianity. Yeah. And wanting to, I, I think that's, at least for me, that's where I feel like you and I connect is trying to cultivate that idea of, yeah, there is a, there is a mystical tradition in Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. It's alive and well here and now in
1: 2023. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I said, you go to most churches and the uh, let's say even even the Pentecostal charismatic where this stuff is uh, more welcome the 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 lifestyle of prayer is usually relegated to a few elderly people who meet maybe yeah. once a week you know in the and they don't even get the main show they get like a, a closet somewhere in the in the church basement they you get know? the
0: side room to the side yeah room. so it's kind of
1: <laughs> best and so, so it's rele- So the, the phenomena is relegated to very exploitive and very showmanship, you know, at the mm. big meetings, you know, and it makes the preacher look powerful. Uh, and you've seen videos, I'm sure, of uh, I think Benny Hinn and his white suit and making hundreds of people fall down, and and it just becomes a caricature of itself and yeah. cartoonish.
0: Well, I mean, it's the righteous gemstones. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly, Righteous Jim still Like, you there. can watch that, and yeah, then go yeah. watch YouTube videos. Yeah, <laughs> in this
1: last season, that one uh, comedian, Andre... Uh, oh. We just talked to
0: him about this him. Eric There's Andre? Some... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was,
1: he was hilarious. He was a Texas evangelist, and he was... He, he was shooting people down in the spirit, <laughs> and and I don't I don't know if that was parody or not. He might have been He might have actually seen stuff that. he saw in yeah. Dallas, Texas, somewhere, or, or uh, somewhere in Oklahoma. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so so the and and when we use the word, even the word using uh, using the word mystic or mysticism or Christian mysticism, that could be a, a misunderstood word as well. Mm. And so uh, I've been in interfaith groups where I use the word that word and it was not taken well because, uh, it depends on how Yeah, explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So on this podcast, when we talk about, uh, mystical prayer or contemplative prayer, we're saying the same thing. Uh, whereas other people might, they define mysticism as the secret prophecies of Fatima, uh, the, the, you know, Mary appeared to a, a couple of children and and there's an image on the toast of the virgin mary mm-hmm. and there's these secret messages so that so a lot of people see mysticism as that okay and dismiss it immediately right um and that's not what we're talking about here mm-hmm. and and that's that's the first chapter anyway what what contemplation is not yeah so a lot of times you have to to go into that kind of thing so so it's not a relaxation technique
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and you might get relaxed you yeah, especially fall I, would say, well, I was going to say,
0: especially early on. I, I yeah, think, for I, sure. I think that those physical, um, like de stress or relaxation, right. like I, I think those things can be a byproduct early on. Right. But that's because where our mind is constantly going every waking minute. Yeah. That when you sit down and allow it to just flow, yeah, that your physical body is going to naturally be like take a sigh of relief.
1: And it's and it's a growing uh I don't want to say phenomena. It's a growing practice mm. in the medical field. Uh you know, to practice wellness in the in the mm-hmm. form right, of right, wellness right. of relaxation techniques. So I'm not against it. I'm just saying Christian contemplative prayer is not that. That's not the goal of it.
0: Yeah, go go uh, get a, a massage. If you're looking for relaxation, yeah. go get a massage or do you know yeah, what I mean? Like there's watch
1: Bob's burgers or
0: something. <laughs> there's outlets out there. Uh this uh, maybe short term might, you might experience some of those yeah. things, but long term, it's a, it's a much deeper rabbit yeah. hole <laughs> than relaxation.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's not charismatic gifts. It's, it's not speaking in tongues though. You may experience that. Mm-hmm. That's not the goal of contemplative prayer. It's not to hear from God, a prophecy or what, uh, Corinthians 12 would call a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Uh, so it's it's not any of those things either it's not a charismatic
0: and once again endeavor you might experience a yeah wedding. yeah and it's not and it's not
1: anything against those <laughs> yeah. it's just that's not what contemplative prayer in this context is talking about and it's not um in the new age realm it's it's not psychic phenomena either mm-hmm. uh you know we talked about last week uh yogic flyers oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: i don't think we talked about i think <laughs> So can about you it explain, yeah. Right? can you explain a little bit what that <laughs> so is? So I read an
1: old article that day, last week on Doug Henning, the the magician from the seventies. And I, and he had disappeared at the top of his career. And it's because he went down the transcendental meditation rabbit hole in a really deep way. Uh, and, and he thought, I think, I, th- I think one of his, he ran for office in Canada and one of his platforms was if I think it was five thousand. If if they can get five thousand people to sit in a in a in a lotus position, the meditation, you know, with your cross right. legs yeah, 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 yeah. and <laughs> and you could fly, uh, then all the world's problems will be solved. I'm sorry. I don't I want to show it respect. Is, but no, I, yeah, it is
0: it is funny. I'm
1: trying to be respectful. Um so yeah, claims of of levitating claims of uh what are some other popular well, no, here's claims the, now no, but the funny
0: thing is you then youtube because you weren't quite sure what he was talking yeah, about. yeah yeah so i go, went to youtube weird, yeah <laughs> weird video, we don't have to describe them out of if you want to go see it, yeah it was obvious it. they were
1: on a cushioned floor uh, of mattresses probably and they were uh strong people they were young and they were pushing up with their legs and bouncing on this padded floor and this Video was claiming they were flying, Yogi, and the Yogi and the bouncers, comments were hilarious. So if you read just for the comments idea. alone, yeah. it was it was worth it. So yeah, these kinds of uh, I forgot uh, remote viewing, uh, where you you can get a coordinate to a place in the world and you can spy on it for the CIA. Uh, what are some other
0: walking through walls? Oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I guess you can't do that sitting still. Invisibility,
1: button. maybe, I, <laughs> no, I don't know. Those, those kinds of, yeah, psychic phenomena. Oh, ESP, I guess would be mm, one, yeah. Reading, mind reading. So, so it's not those things either.
0: You're not going to become a Marvel character.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sitting, that's not the point breath. of contemporary. I guess you print. might, but that's not the point. No, it <laughs> should make you even more ordinary of a human being. Um, so, well, it's, so it's not those those kinds of things.
0: And and I think um, to go back to a bigger point of what, what you said towards the beginning of like your ego is going to naturally dissuade you from doing this just because it doesn't right. seem productive. And so these things that we're listing, you know, we're kind of being silly about it and funny, but these things w- that we are listing are ways for the ego to justify sitting in silence. Right. Oh, you'll do ESP. Oh, you'll levitate. Um, You'll get a word of wisdom from God. You'll get relaxation. Right. So w- once you start justifying and maybe, you know, and here's the thing for me, especially early on, I did need that. Oh, this will relax me. You know, I did right. need that right. ego incentive to get me to sit still for two, three minutes. Right. Yeah. I don't feel like I need that today, but if you're early on and you do experience relaxation and that's what. Builds the bridge for you to sit in silence for three minutes. Then at the end yeah. of the day, it's probably worth it. But sort of this idea of long term that though that those things will definitely happen. Yeah. Um, there are practices that maybe promise that centering prayer is not that practice. You, you've exactly. come to the wrong practice, right? I, I, you just said it really, really well. It should make you more ordinary. <laughs> which yeah, is, which boring. is a weird thing. <laughs>
1: And yeah, you know, and he Keating would often he would either use the example of you know so you're doing your twenty minutes you have a you have a word that you return to so that when your thoughts wander you return to this sacred word and uh, and you're and you're doing your twenty minutes of silence giving consent to the presence of God and then all of a sudden all the fabric of reality is peeled back in your mind and and Mary in all her glory <laughs> appears to you. Uh, he said, uh, what you're supposed to say is, uh, not now, dearie, I'm doing my <laughs> centering prayer. And you return to your sacred word and you close all that up. And he would use other examples, the father, son, and spirit appear right. to you, uh, that kind of thing. And so that's, you know, it was a comical approach to, yeah, that's not the point of, mm-hmm. of this. And, and then I remember he talked about a, a, a charismatic Catholic uh, at one of his retreats. She said, are you telling me that if God, the spirit speaks to me a prophecy during the 20 minutes silence and I'm to keep silence and ignore God, I'm supposed to ignore God speaking to me? And he was like, yes. <laughs> and then, and then, so she was so offended. And then she came back to him and said, uh, you're right. God said, it's okay to ignore him.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> You're right. God said, yeah. So so much him. of this is
1: subjective, you yeah. know? And so you should embrace that subjectivity and just have some fun.
0: Well, and I, it, it, that's, I, I, I guess for me, and it, this sort of goes back to, you know, we're making, you know, the R right, righteous gemstones, uh, not analogy, but just, you know, the comedy, the truth in the comedy within yeah. it. And for me, it's, it's, um, and I don't, I don't know if it's growing up Catholic and just being used to Catholic mass and sort of the, um, I mean, not that it's low key because it it is, it is a production on a certain level, but, yeah. but, uh, um, you go to any Catholic church and sit through mass. It's the same, right. you know, it's, it's, it's the language is maybe different, you know, little nuances are different, but you know, basically for that hour that you're there, how it's going to unfold, right? you know? And I know I shared when I was in Spain that I could, you know, I would, I don't speak Spanish. Well, I speak a little bit, but not, you know, not that much, but I could sit in mass and know exactly what was going on and where we were at. And there was just a comforting about it. And, And so this practice of centering prayer for me is, is I'm very conducive to it in the sense of there's no performances. Right. You don't have to worry about watching someone else perform during their prayer. I don't have to put on a performance cause I, I uh, can lean into that at times. Um, If, you know, if I'm being watched, you know what I mean? I Being on stage, so to speak. Um, And kind of what you're saying is just, just sitting there and being ordinary. Yeah. Just being, being one of many being, you know, just sitting, sitting there and um, sometimes being locked in and that consent to being in the and the spirit is there and sometimes my mind is you know planning out the next 30 years of my life and and the 20 minutes is up or whatever and it's like oh well okay you know but but just being uh what's the word not indifferent but just being like well that's where my mind was today and, and sort of being yeah uh forgiving of my, you know, not trying to have this perfect practice. Cause there's been seasons where, where I've definitely tried to do that around silence and centering prayer and meditation.
1: Yeah. And I, I always suspected he had, you know, Keating and the centering prayer movement was just kind of, uh, appropriating Buddhism. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's an interesting, I just assumed they were, I wasn't against that. Uh, you know but that's that's probably but there are a lot of people that would be against that. you're taking eastern you know, they love to say that eastern techniques as as if uh everything in the west is somehow christian <laughs> is okay pure and, you know, they don't they don't listen to themselves with the way they sound they say well
0: that. and they they also get uncomfortable if if you if instead of saying like bethlehem and israel and things like that but yeah. if you if you say that Christianity was came out of the Middle East.
1: Yeah, they yeah.
0: get uncomfortable with that, even though the place—if you call them by name—they're yeah. comfortable with it. But once you be like, "Well, that's the Middle East." So, yeah, uh. it's
1: it's a Middle Eastern. It's it has its origins in the Middle East. It's a Middle Eastern religion, Christianity, and it's uh, and it's a Semitic religion, and, and that's in its origin anyway. Yeah, and of course. It's, and it's an Abrahamic religion, and so. Uh, but no uh so, so, so yeah so I was really surprised when I went through the living school now known as the center for action and contemplation uh its origins really are more so in uh uh that medieval text that I mentioned the cloud of unknowing by an anonymous maybe english monk uh and and that's that's really where where it's coming from and so so the premise of that manuscript is is that ultimately the divine cannot be comprehended mentally, nor can it be comprehended or experienced emotionally either. Mm. And so it can only be accessed with love and love is beyond emotions. And it's, so it's not the kind of love subject to object love and it can't be, and love is not an intellectual, rational Mm -hmm. thing. So, so, this monk uses the word love as this is beyond rationality and it's beyond attachments. And so Buddhism comes in very much so with that. Anyway, it had been already talking about that for 500 years. Right. Actually, at that point.
0: Even longer. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Almost a thousand years of of not having attachments. Um, it's just the... So Buddhism would, would say, no, not even the word love, you can't even use that, you know. And you can't even have a word that you would focus on. right? Uh, Hindus would would say that in in many Hindu schools. Well, I think you have a mantra or you have a, but a lot of, I guess, Zen Buddha, it depends on the school, I guess. Well, Zen Buddha say nothing at all.
0: Some, some, some do have the mantras, but it's all, I mean, but it's also like what we're saying too, there's different kinds of, of prayer within Christianity. Exactly. There's different kinds of meditations within the, the Buddha, even within the, Schools and you know so sometimes yeah. there are mantras even though they do have you know nothing at other times
1: yeah so the yeah so the Buddhist would would generally uh, I forgot what the word was there's there's a Sanskrit word uh, but there really is nothing in uh, and and even the, in the nothing there's nothing mm. but well in Christianity you have as early as as Paul writing the uh the kenosis of Christ, the emptying, mm-hmm. emptiness, and then you, uh, and even before that, you have the Jewish image of the desert, uh, which is which is deserted. It's empty, uh, and then you have, you know, later you have.
0: Well, and even in those in, in that context too, you don't even there's not even a word for the higher power for God. You're right, supposed, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's, and them. that's what yeah. they're doing.
1: Yeah. So you have John of the Cross saying the nada in Spanish, nothing, nada. Uh, you have Franciscans calling it poverty, mm. uh, which is uh, you know the emptying out of, of self. So it, it's all, they all come together at, at the center of the spokes of the wheel, if you will, to use a little Tao Hey-o. <laughs> image there, uh, which is the empty space. So Taoism talks yeah. about that. It's, you may have a ball, but it's really the empty space yeah. that yeah. you use. You may have a house, but it's the empty space in the house that's the real that's real yeah so anyway so they do come together but i but keating really took it from uh and yeah yeah there was definitely interfaith dialogue with like Mm merton with buddhist practitioners uh so i'm not denying that but i'm saying it, it really is in the more so in the in the christian mystic monastic tradition not that it matters
0: well, to some, for
1: some people, it does. Yeah, to me, it doesn't. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, it would have maybe thirty years ago, <clears throat> though, right? And me.
0: and I can understand on a certain level some people being hesitant, right? To try to try to bring. I, you and I are a little bit more open-minded in that way, but I, you know, I, I can understand why someone would be hesitant if they thought it was from yeah. some other thing and and um but the fact that it's not right, like the fact that yeah. you can kind of and and you even have a hypothesis i think I think we've talked about it on here before of it even stemming the contemplative life stemming uh Jesus encountering it because of some Jewish tradition that may may exist oh, yeah, at some yeah. point yeah for sure um and incorporating into his his yeah. spiritual life right um and that was one of the thing to go back to our our last uh the last book we covered where foster talks about you don't really have to there's no need to find a biblical uh reference to fasting because in that day and age oh, yeah. they just it was they knew how to fast like it was part right. of their yeah part there of their so many life. givens to that yeah and so you don't have to spend yeah. time explaining to a group of people that interact with that on a regular basis, you know? And, and so kind of the other side of that coin, that's why I think this book is so profound in the sense of people that are interested in centering prayer. Cause sitting in silence is not really built into our modern day, uh, just life, but I would say the spiritual life too, right? We talk about the consumerism around church and and God and worship and, and sitting in silence does not Sell well, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's not a big uh money maker, <laughs> like just yeah, go sit there for 20 minutes and we'll do a timer, yeah,
1: and your cell will teach you everything. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way.
0: Um, yeah, I guess what else, what else sort of jumped out to you? Um, re uh, you know, I know I obviously know you've read this book before, but revisiting it now for preparation for for our podcast and for this pathways to present was there anything that sort of jumped out to you or that was a, a reminder um to you in and around this practice
1: yeah just a reminder of what a smart ass thomas keaton was <laughs> he was really a smart ass he got in trouble a few times he would use you know he was an older mid-century man white man you know? right and so he would I remember one time he used some analogy of the Holy Spirit being a housewife. And it was just, it did not, it was an older, like from the 80s, selection. Right. It, was, it did not, uh,
0: it didn't age well. It did not, it, yeah,
1: it was not good. Uh, but just, yeah, just how his, it, it was almost like uh, the reputation of some Zen masters where he just mm. wasn't taking anything that seriously. Yeah, It's all play at at, at some point uh this this business of this serious uh gravitas of living mm. becomes all just a, a just a play a game that you're just having fun with and uh it's you know, so he funny, definitely like that because
0: i I do think that is inner um incorporating play or just this playful mindset around life yeah um i tend I tend to do it. In general, you know, you and I are kind of tricksters and coyotes in that way, but, and, you know, we kind of make fun of social media from time to time, but I I saw a really interesting, um, I guess it was a TikTok video or whatever of this farmer talking about how farming is tough, but when you make it a playful thing, it, the day goes by so much quicker yeah. you know what i mean it's yeah, sort of exactly. what what you're saying is like you know this this heaviness of life um yeah. but we get to make a choice if we make it a playful thing and it's uh it was a good reminder i saw it about a week or two ago and like i've tried to keep my mind in that playful mentality yeah. since then and and so you you know bringing that up of him of his his uh not so serious and as we talked about it yesterday or two days ago um anyway is Was there something for the end? Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: But yeah, there was a, yeah, his first, I I believe it was his first, the first uh, conference that he did with Richard Rohr, Mm. which was kind of late. It was, I think it was in the two thousands. Interesting. Some point, early two thousands, maybe late nineties. But they were, they were, uh, you know, on the stage and, and, you know, Richard Rohr founded the, the center for action and contemplation. And then Keating uh, commented on. It. He said, "I I don't understand why you didn't call it the Center for Contemplation and Action." <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and then Rohr being a, Rohr's a very serious. Yeah, he comes guy. across He's, as a pretty yeah. serious dude. Uh, and he he was like, "Well, the emphasis is on the and, <laughs> <laughs> huh? It's the That's and." Good. And so I was just like, "Yeah, you're very German." <laughs> well, it's funny too. Um,
0: the book there was oh, what did he say uh, he was talking about kind of getting to this point of service right like the centering prayer isn't just for isn't just for your own good right you know and and um he made this you know the service you're able to to help others with um is a reflection of god's love for us yeah, you know what I mean and I just I, I it, you and I it's funny because centering prayer you're sitting in silence and then you know yeah. this idea of action or service like I think we've say it, say it every other podcast but we could have called it silence and service. Yeah, know? because yeah, that's, sure. it seems it seems like these overarching things that we talk about inevitably come back to those two things like yeah. you know how how does it interact with that um, and for me, it's, it's a beautiful reminder because I can, I can easily forget like, right. Like I can get too focused on the service. Yeah. You know, usually then, we do. And then too, well, uh, but then sometimes I can get too focused on the silence. Like, yeah. oh, I need to be spending more time yeah. and so you know what I mean? And I, I can kind of alternate. There's like this really sweet spot of like, just whatever amount of service I can do today is, is, you know like yeah. we talked about buddy jesus thumbs up and whatever amount of silence i can do today is the same thing right and when i'm in that place of just sort of the the flow of life if you will yeah. the the you know the flow of the of the spirit running through me and and i think that's for me that's how i've experienced that idea of giving consent to the to the spirit yeah. is like when when i'm just in like i'm content with whatever that looks like service and silence, whatever that looks like in the next 24 hours, I'm just content with it because that just what it is. I'm not, I'm not avoiding either one and I'm not forcing either one. It's like, they're both walking hand in hand in my life. And it's those days are few and far between. But when I, when I do get some of those days, it's it's like, Oh yeah, this is, this is the good shit right here.
1: I, I mean the, the epitome of the first, he's not the first, but the, the apostle Paul, the epitome of his life in his own words was, it was, I want to know Christ and I want to have solidarity with his suffering. And I want to know, experience his resurrection. Mm, So that's, that's the goal. If you will, it's a goalless goal. It's a gateless gate. (laughs) Uh, Because if you approach it, if you approach the divine, I want, I want to, to be overcome by the love of God. That's a, a worthy goal, right? Uh, I want to know God so that I could serve God in people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's, but even that can become, uh, what I'm trying to say is that can become a distraction in and of itself. So when you're sitting in the silence, that's not what you're trying, you're not trying to become more holy. You're not trying to become a pious person because even that ends up becoming an idolatrous uh, thing and it devolves into something negative really
0: well it'll turn into an addiction really at the end yeah of the day. yeah you, you become to be addicted mo- to your
1: own self-righteousness
0: yeah if you try to be the most holy one around yeah. uh it'll it'll just turn into a, a boomerang of yeah addiction and, and destruction of those around you
1: and, and you could use it also you know it's it's contemplation contemplative prayer is also not self-hypnosis because hmm. people have done that through prayer as well and meditation they you know uh i remember in one of his lectures thomas merton was talking about a contemporary monk not a not someone from the ancient from the medieval period from, from the 1900s right uh, who uh i think he sliced himself and wrote the word believe or faith or something on the wall you know because he was just you know it's like no that's not a good way to go about it uh it's
0: a way to go about it you know
1: and 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 there <laughs> are one yeah one. historical And they've been canonized as saints, but they were—you know—they're not good examples in that sense. Sitting on a pillar outside Mm -hmm. in the elements for ten years, kind of thing. Uh, You know, that's that's working out. I mean, maybe they would have become a a serial killer, (laughs) (laughs) and this was the best that they could, you know. So there are those kinds of things where where the mental illness plays in, Mm -hmm. uh, personality quirks, and that. But but yeah, so so contemplation is also not a Self hypnosis to try to convince yourself to be a better believer uh, and that kind of thing. And so,
0: well, and one thing I think to juxtapose um, to people as well is that we all have our personality quirks. Yeah. And sort of these practices, whether it's prayer, meditation, service, and all the, all the practice, you know, all, everything we talk about on this podcast, those are tools to sort of help you sift through what's a genuine, uh, personality quirk and what is, um, what is yours to do for God or higher power or whatever else, you know, and, and, and not that they can't live together, but it's, it's, it can be a slippery slope. I I think your examples are good examples of people that, um, or situations where people have put themselves into, to, well, it goes back to, are you, are you building the ego up? are you breaking yeah. the ego down? Yeah. Um, and even when you think you're breaking the ego down, that's yeah, the ego yeah. telling you you're exactly. breaking the ego down. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's almost, it's <laughs> a goalless goal. You just, you have to yeah. encounter these things and kind of have a, um, a regular practice around them yeah. for it to really sort itself out. You intellectually, we can't sort out what's ego and what's not ego. Yeah. Um, it has to be at this, this different level, this almost unconscious level. Um, but we can facilitate it in some ways.
1: Yeah, and, and that was you know Dallas Willard was a great. He was kind of Richard Foster's mentor, if you okay, will. He wrote okay. uh, a book called The Divine Conspiracy. It's his meditations on the the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. Book. It's a really great book. Uh, but he his his whole thing is, is the spiritual disciplines, and therefore contemplative prayer. The goal has to be transformation otherwise it's it's no good. Yeah. But I I don't know if I agree with that either. I think if you have transformation as your goal, as your focus, you'll lose that as well. So so Keating talks about in that first chapter uh with John of the Cross, the dark night of the soul, the dark night of the sins, senses and the night of the spirit uh and 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 John of the Cross talks about pure faith being uh you not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a dark uh, heat, if you will, to use a Dylan phrase. Uh, it's a dark. Uh, it, it's the work of the spirit at a subterranean uh, level of your of your psyche and your soul that you don't even get to manipulate it or mm-hmm. control it in any way, and and it, and it puts your faculties at in great discomfort at times. Well,
0: I, I it it reminds me. So the 12th step of the 12 steps, um, says having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. But the thing is that statement is not going to be, um, fodder enough to get you through the previous 11, <sighs> uh, uh, steps. It's similar to, I, and I think it's, uh, Cynthia Bourgeau talked about, you can go in the desert as protest, right? But it's not you're not going to be able to stay in the desert. No, I won't protest. keep you there. Similarly, with the twelve steps and what you know what you're talking about, you can start this twelve steps with this sense of oh, when I get to twelve, I'll have a spiritual awakening. Right. But it's not going to that's not going to be able to fuel you through the you know that might get you that might get you into them. Right. It might even get you deep into them, but it's not going to get you to the end because, like you're saying, there there's a unknowing of the transformation that's going through other people will see it before the person experiencing sees it, long before. Um, and we'll make, you know, you'll, you'll start hearing these subtle comments. Um, but then once you grab onto those comments, then
1: yeah. (laughs) So so it really is an absolute surrender, which is a Pentecostal book by Andrew Murray from the absolute surrender. Yeah. Absolute surrender. That's kind of the key there. You know, you're just always surrendering Uh, like it's very popular right now. For particularly evangelical Christians to say, uh, "I've deconstructed my faith," you know, I'm deconstructing, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. after my deconstruction, as if it was like they, so they're doing the same thing they did with their awakening, oh. as if it was a finished thing. After I got born again, after I, uh, and, and you could do it in the Catholic world, after I went through my Christian rites of or my rites of Christian initiation, uh, as if it was an ending thing, and so. And so I've met people, I've actually had conversations with people that said, well, yeah, I did that deconstruction thing with <laughs> my faith. Really? Well, What changed? Uh, you know, all they did is just shuffle some ideas yeah, yeah. around and, and they, and they tricked themselves, but that's part of the process too. So they, they have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, so I might be a coyote and a trickster in that context, or I might just be, uh, oh, that's great. Uh.
0: Oh, when you encounter people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Sometimes yeah, I'll right, say right, a little, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. uh, right.
1: little Columbo. I'll do a, what they call a Columbo, this show from the 70s. I'll come back in. One more question. <laughs> just one more thing. <laughs> and just put a needle in their brain, you know. Uh, um, so, so this this thing about the Virgin Mary, that belief. How did that change your life? <laughs> how did that make you more compassionate? Uh, so anyway. um, um.
0: So we're coming close to time, and I know you had so, so. Because I don't know what you're about to read, I can't transition to it smoothly. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we we got about five ish minutes left, so
1: it's a short psalm. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think Psalm 131 uh, from the Hebrew Bible really, really expresses what con- contemplative prayer is. Yeah, and you want me to just read it? And yeah, close? let's. Yeah, so it says, "Lord, my heart is not arrogant." nor are my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things that are too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself. I like the stilled. I think I'm reading the King James version here. Uh, Surely I have stilled and quieted my soul as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child within me let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. And so this, this, yeah, this quieted soul within me. Mm. It's not, you're not using these other faculties of your rationale. You're not analyzing something. You're not calculating anything. Uh, and you're not feeling either. You're not emotionally grasping onto anything. Uh, you're not feeling, you might be at peace, but you're not feeling peace emotionally. Mm-hmm. So you're not, because you're not using that faculty. It's this, inner faculty that's beyond those things and so you're you know just a child against its mother's uh breast that has already been fed Mm -hmm. so it's not there's no there's nothing else but to rest there's no still there
0: utility around it yeah just just being being present yeah just being uh thank you man
1: thank you that's beautiful pathways to presence
0: pathways to presence baby excuse me um, thank you everyone for listening and tuning in uh, thank you to Danny West he does all the editing and sound engineering uh, thank you Jacob Nedia uh, Monk Drums that's what you hear in the background right now and uh, like we said if you you can follow along um, with us uh, I was going to say week to week but it's month to month um, and the, the name of the book is Open Mind Open Heart uh, by Thomas Keating that'll be our, our, roadmap for the, for the rest of the year. So, um, thanks again, Mr. Morrison.
1: Thank you, Mr. Mason.
0: And we'll call it a day.